Amen. Thank you, ladies. Open your Bibles again. I hope you marked your place. Micah chapter 7. Did you mark your place? Micah chapter 7. And I want you to uh, look at this passage of Scripture. In fact, we'll look at it throughout the message this morning. And uh, this is a message that I have two titles to. You've heard me say that before, two titles to. It's better to have two titles to a message than it is for me to preach two messages with one title. Right? Here's the first title. Don't laugh, I'll be back. Verse number 10. He said, don't laugh, I'll be back. That's what he says. We'll look at it in just a moment. The second title would be how to make a comeback. How to make a comeback. I want to be a blessing to all of us this morning because all of us have times of failures. Amen? All of us do. All of, have, all of us have times that we fail and we disappoint ourselves. We disappoint ourselves. We disappoint God. We disappoint others. All of us do. Can we understand that? Not only are, are all of us sinners in need of a Savior, even at our best effort, Isaiah said our righteousness is as filthy rags. We often, we fail. We don't want to fail, and, uh, but we often do. And so we have to have a plan to come back. And so that's what I want to preach this morning. Don't laugh, I will be back. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the preaching of your word. Uh, Lord, I anticipate and I get excited about preaching the truths of the word of God. Because I believe truths transform lives by thinking our, our minds and then our behaviors. And Lord, I understand it's not just the words, it's not just the message, but the most important thing is that it is empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And I ask, Lord, that Holy Spirit, you would speak through me and use me as a tool in your hand, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I love both the message and I love the messenger. And you know, sometimes it's real encouragement when the, message, when the message is given by a messenger that you appreciate and that you respect. Let me tell you a little bit about Micah, uh, the messenger, before I get to the final message that Micah gave in this book of seven chapters. Micah's name means who is like Jehovah. He compared everything to God and he said, I'm glad I have a great and marvelous Jehovah God. And in the sight of God, all things are small and insignificant and I'm glad I serve a great and a wonderful God. So his name means who is like Jehovah. He prophesied during the reign of three kings and most importantly, perhaps, was his work during the reign of King Hezekiah. He was a contemporary of Isaiah, some of them working in Israel, the northern kingdom, and some working in Judah, uh, the southern kingdom. He was a contemporary of Isaiah, Amos, and Hosea. Now, he and Amos were somewhat alike. They were uh, people that were... Uh, maybe of country type influence. Amos was a herdsman. He was a farmer. Uh, not a herdsman. He was a farmer. And so, and, and, and their lives reflected their message. Jeremiah chapter 26 indicates that the ministry of Micah encouraged a great revival, or even I could use the word reformation in Judah, 
under the leadership of King Hezekiah. Now, Isaiah influenced him as well as Micah. I like Micah. Society in Judah was changing. And this is interesting to me. Judah was growing. Uh, it was growing in population. It was growing in number of people. They were growing, and that's what societies do, and that's what God told them to do. However, there was a set of laws for the Jews that they could not sell their land or there were restrictions on how their land would be sold. And during the days of Micah, there were land developments that were going on that were against the laws given to the Jews. Uh, there were land developers, not like we have today, but, but in a similar sense. Uh, the smaller farms and the smaller places that was a part of the inheritance of the people of God was being sold to those that were not Jews. The result of that was the poor people of Judah were being pushed out and, uh, and uh, Micah, we may refer to him today as a rights activist kind of a person, though he was not driven by the rights of man as much as he was the righteousness of God. And he recognized when you disobey the laws of God, people get hurt. And most of the time, it's those in poverty that get hurt. And so I like this messenger Micah. Now, there's some great prophecies uh, in the book of Micah. Uh, but there's some very practical things as well. He rebuked the people forsaking uh, the law in the days uh, uh, of uh, his uh, work. And he told them because of this, Judah is going to fall. Uh, but I like his attitude. And again, I say the messenger to me is as encouraging as the message. Some folks love to preach judgment. They just like that. They just like to be the one to say, you're going to get in trouble. Ha, 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 you're going to get in trouble. And uh, they, they just, folks, they just like to be negative. They can point out the flaws, and, and it, it just seems to be their lot in life to find every problem. They never find a solution, uh, but, they, but they find all the problems. But Micah wasn't like that. He did point out the fact of their sin, and he did say, your sin is going to bring a judgment. The Assyrians are going to destroy the land. Uh, but he said this, God's punishment is never for punishment's sake. It's for victory's sake to get you back in the will of God. And he said, when God punishes Judah, don't you laugh because God is not punishing them to get rid of them. He's punishing them to correct them so he can bless them again. That's what I really like about the messenger Micah. He said, don't laugh, we'll be back. That, that, that's what he says. And he talks about uh, uh, the people of Judah. Yes, they're going to be judged because of their sin. But God doesn't judge for judgment's sake. He judges, and it is true in our life. Do you know God corrects, God punishes <clears throat> every son that he receives, not for the joy of punishment, but so he can get us back to the place where he can bless us again. God didn't punish us just to say, ha, ha, uh, you deserve that whipping. No, uh, God says, will you get back over here where you belong so I can bless you? Uh, the prodigal son had to come back from where he was to get the blessing of the father. So I, I like the messenger of Micah. Uh, he uh, gives uh, three different uh, messages, and I'll not go into the detail of that, but he comes to the uh, three different messages. One's a challenge, one is a judgment, and the third is an encouragement. And we come to the encouraging one in Micah 7, uh, verses 8, 9, and 10. I want you to make note just quickly of the five statements that he makes, and he ends up saying, don't laugh when I'm down because I'm coming back. 
Don't, don't, don't you mock me when I'm down. Don't you laugh at me when I'm down because I'm not down to stay. I may be down for the count of six or seven or eight, but I'm getting back up. And when I get back up, I'm going to get back in the fight again. That's what he's saying here. Look at it. First of all, he says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. You've got to like that. You see that in verse number eight? I have it underlined in red in my Bible. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. He said, I may be down, but I'm not out. Make a note of that. Mark that in your Bible. All of us at times are going to be knocked down. Some folks don't get knocked down. They just fall down. I'd rather get knocked down. I want to be in a fight. I want to do something for God. I was reading in a, a, a Marine Corps training book this week. And they said that there are times it's better to do something wrong than it is to do nothing at all. I like that. I don't want to do wrong, but I'd rather do wrong as not do anything. I'm like, uh, I like Peter. If I'm picking teens, I want Peter on my side. He may mess up now and again, but friend, you know you got somebody ready to fight when you got Peter on your side. I want you to notice the second thing he says here. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. He said, I may get discouraged at times and I may not see reason to get back up, but God will give me a reason to get back up again. My reason to get back up is not for me, but it is for the will of God. Now, I'm going to preach these in just a minute. I'm just telling you what I'm about to preach. I'm just winding up, all right? Number three, I want you to see these. I want you to, I want you to mark these. I have them marked in red in my Bible. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me. He said, I'm going to pay the price for what I've done. I accept that I did wrong. I accept that I failed. I'm going to pay the price. But then he said, number five, don't you laugh while I'm down. Look at verse number 10. I mean, this ought to encourage any child of God. This ought to encourage any teenager that's attempting to serve God and find themselves discouraged and frustrated at themselves because of areas of failure in this life. This ought to encourage every dad and mom that have every intention in the world to rear their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord in times we fail. And times we just, we just fail. We flat out do wrong. This ought to encourage any child of God. Look what he says in verse number 10. Then she that is mine enemy shall see it. And shame shall cover her which said unto me, Where is the Lord thy God? Mine eyes shall behold her. Now shall she be trodden down as the mire of the streets. Reminds me of the three Hebrew children when they wouldn't bow down. They said at the sound of the music, you're going to bow down and you're going to worship the golden image. And they just stood there firm and they said, we're not bowing down to the idols. We serve the God of heaven. There was a crowd that mocked them as they were being arrested and carried to be thrown into the fiery furnace. But I can hear them say as they're being carried away, don't you mock me, I'll be back. I want to say this morning there are times that all of us fall and all of us fail. And I'm glad in the word of God there's instruction on how to make a comeback. There is instruction for attitude. There is instruction for action in our life. I love the stories of victory and overcoming in the word of God.
I love to read of the victory of the prodigal son. Oh, what a joy it is to get to that verse where he said, and he came to himself and he said, I will arise and go to my father's house. That's a great passage. I love the story of Peter after the rooster crowed the second time and he went out and he wept bitterly and Jesus, uh, when he rose from the grave, he said, go tell the disciples and Peter. I can imagine when Peter got word that Jesus had risen from the dead, he threw down his fishing equipment again. He said, I'm going to go back and serve God again. I like the comeback stories. I like the story of John Mark. He did get discouraged. He did travel with Paul. And I don't know why he got discouraged. Maybe because he was weak. I don't know. Maybe because uh, he missed home. I don't know what the reason, but he turned back. Oh, but listen to me. John Mark may have turned back, but he didn't quit. He came back and he served God again. And God used him under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to write a book in this, uh, uh, a book in this Bible we hold in our hands. Let's look at these things this morning. What do we do when we fall? First of all, we have to own it. We live in a world of blame. We live in a world of, well, it's my right. I want to tell you, dear friend, God's already decided what's right and he's decided what's wrong. And when we fail in the sight of God, there's no need to justify it in the sight of man. We must come to the place, first of all, that we admit it and that we own it. You'll never have victory until you own your failure. Are you with me this morning? I'm reminded of what David said. Uh, Nathan, you recall the story. Uh, David had had Uriah killed in battle. And he took that man from his wife and family. And took uh, that woman for uh, himself. And Nathan came and he told him the story of a man. Uh, that was a, a wealthy man. And he had a visitor to come and visit him. And rather than him taking one of the lambs uh, from his own uh, huge large flock he took the lamb from a poor man that only had one little ewe lamb and he killed that lamb the only lamb the man had and he served it to his guest and he said what do you think about that and David said well that man ought to be punished he ought to be, he ought to be put to death and Nathan looked at David and he said thou art the man and I like what David said this is not an easy thing but here's what he said 2 Samuel 12, verse 13, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And I like Nathan's immediate response. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Because David owned it. Because David admitted it. Because David said, I have sinned. He did not die from that sin. He was not punished for that sin. But because he owned it, he came back to the place of victory. When we fail, we have to own it. We need to teach our children, teach your sons, teach your daughters. When you make a mistake, don't, uh, don't blame it on somebody else. Just go ahead and own it, admit it, and get victory over it. I'm preaching the Bible to us this morning. The prodigal son didn't blame anyone for his bad and wrong decisions. He left home. He wasted his substance in riotous living in a far country. The story is one of victory because he said, I will arise. Take your Bibles and let's look at it. Luke chapter 15. Let it look at you this morning. Luke chapter 15. Look at verse number 17. When we fail, we have to admit it. Every dad in this room ought to know the words to be able to say to his children, I'm sorry, I failed in that. In, in that I'm sorry. 
We're going to make it right. Every mama ought to be able to say to her children, I'm sorry I let you down in that. I'm going to do better in that. Every preacher ought to be able to say to his people, look, I failed in that. I'm sorry in that. Every husband ought to be able to say to his wife and wife to her husband, we have to admit when we failed, we live in a world of pride. We live in a world of blame. We'll never have victory in our lives until we own and admit our sins and our failures. Luke chapter 15, look at verse number 17, what the Bible says. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hard servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants daddy I'm not worthy I'm not worthy of being your son would you give me a job and just let me work here for you and of course you know the reception of the father the father received him the father forgave him the father restored him back to the family and the blessings of the family you know why because he owned it because he admitted it some years ago and I imagine this was at least 20 years ago had a fellow that had uh, I led to Christ, and in uh, in fact the story goes back to more than thirty years. I led the man to Christ in Hazard, and I said to him, I said, um, I said, Huey, I'm going to the jail Saturday morning to preach. Why don't you go with me? He said, Preacher, I've spent more time in that jail than I have out of the jail. I don't want to go back. I said, But Huey will be on the outside of the bars, not on the inside. I said, I want you to go. And I want you to tell him the story of how you got saved. He did. Huey struggled with alcohol. I helped him get into a rehab center. And he called me one day and he said, Preacher, I need help and probably need to go to another center. And I'm, I'm not mad. But he said, they keep asking me, did your dad drink? Did your grandpa drink? Did your uncle? We're trying to find the reason. He said, I know whose fault it is. It's not theirs. It's mine. Now, friend, we're not smarter than God. The way we overcome and have victory in our life, number one, is to own it. i got to move on. Number two, don't quit. Don't quit. Just because you fall don't mean you have to stay there. The, 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 uh, the writer Micah the prophet said when I sit in darkness the Lord shall be a light unto me I may be in the darkness of discouragement but I'm not going to quit this reminds me of what Jeremiah said he said I, I, I had resigned I, I, I had quit on God but there was a fire that was burning in my heart it wasn't the fire of Jeremiah's desire it was the fire of God that was in his heart and I want to say this morning no matter if you've fallen or fallen again or again I want to say this morning don't quit on God don't quit on God don't quit on others don't quit on your family don't quit on your friends don't quit get back up and serve God again no one who quits ever has victory in their life listen to the words of the apostle Paul we're troubled on every side yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. 
always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Paul said, you can knock me down, but you can't knock me out until Jesus takes me home. This is a tough world to serve God in. You understand everything is organized in one direction of self-satisfaction. Of self uh, and this world is organized to please the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And we are going against the current. And I must say this morning, it is a difficult task in serving God. And there's going to be times that we fail in our homes and fail in our church and fail in our lives. Oh, but when we fail, we can't quit. Don't quit on God. Get back up again. Take your Bibles and go to Genesis chapter 50. This is the end result of Joseph's life trials. Joseph had been told of God in a dream that one day others would bow down and worship him. And he would be a king and he did become the leader of the nation of Egypt not only to uh, preserve that nation but nations around them his brothers were jealous against him his brothers gave him a hard time his brothers spoke of killing him in fact they led their dad to believe that Joseph had been killed everything they did was against Joseph he was he was put in prison because of a false accusation when he got to prison he made friends with folks that said they would tell Pharaoh of the false accusations that were made against him but when his friends got out of prison they forgot Joseph. But here's how Joseph summed it up. Genesis chapter 50, verse number 20. But as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Isn't that what Micah is saying to us when I sit in darkness? The Lord shall be a light unto me. Let me give you the third thing. Accept the punishment. He said, I will bear the indignation. And I love this passage. And I want you to look at this phrase again. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. The best way to have victory is say, Lord, whatever needs be, you go ahead and do it. I accept your punishment for my wrongdoing. I learned as a boy it was, go, it was a lot easier to go ahead and yield to the punishment than it was to run from it. Dad was pretty good whipping on the run. He was. I mean, whipped in circles. My dad taught me how to run. He taught me how to dance. He taught me a lot of things. But when you run from the punishment of God... You're not going to have victory in your life. He said, I, I acknowledge my sin and I accept the punishment. But I want you to notice something very, very sweet about this passage of Scripture. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I've sinned against him. Notice this. Until he plead my cause. Aren't you glad to have somebody pleading your cause that loves you? <laughs> hey, I got somebody that's on my side pleading my cause. 
I got somebody that's my attorney. I've got somebody. He doesn't just love me. He died on the cross to pay for my sin. That's who my lawyer is. That's who's pleading my cause. Can I tell you something? It's best to go ahead and own your sin and failure and go ahead and yield yourself to the mercy of God. He says right here, oh, how I love it. I have sinned against him until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me. When the refiner puts the gold into the fire, the refiner knows how long the gold can stay in the fire. He knows that that there is a point and a time that the gold can be damaged. His only purpose is to separate the dross from the gold because he loves the precious gold. He doesn't leave it in the fire any longer than for the purpose to be fulfilled of the dross being removed. And I'm thankful that I have a God in heaven that though there are times that he has to chasten me and he chastens every son that he receiveth, he scourges every son that he receives, but he never gives me more than I deserve. And when his will is accomplished, thank God in love, He said, my will is done. Boy, I love that right there. That excites me. I'm glad to go to a judge that's on my side. I'm glad to have a lawyer that's on my side. Isn't that a good thing? My advocate is Jesus. He gives me what I deserve, but he doesn't give me anything more. And he doesn't delight. He doesn't delight in the punishment. He just delights in the blessing. The punishment is just uh, uh, just, uh, uh, given to bring me back to the place of blessing. Number four. He will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold his righteousness. Understand that our failures will make us a wiser and a better servant of the Lord. Now, we could have been smart enough to listen to the example. Sometimes I think folks read the Bible as if it's a fairy tale or something and think God doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just the creator and sustainer, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. Can I tell you something? You're not going to break the laws of God. You're going to break yourself against the laws of God. So when we yield to them, God blesses our lives. But when we go against them, we find out God's laws are in force. And I've broken myself against the law of God. Now, I could be wiser by decision, but sometimes we're not. Sometimes we fail. Uh, Take your Bibles and go to Psalm 119. I want to show you something here that's a real encouragement to us this morning. He said, when I return, I will return a wiser and better servant of the Lord. He will bring me forth to the light. I shall behold his righteousness. What he's saying is, I'm going to learn from my failure, and my failure is going to make me more like the light or more like Christ. Am I making sense to you this morning? You understand what I'm saying? Look look what the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 71. It is good for me that I had been afflicted, that I might learn... Thy statutes. Sometimes we learn by the lesson taught. Sometimes we learn by the punishment of breaking the law. But he said, it is good for me that I have been afflicted. Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, I want you to watch and wait. I want you to watch and wait. Peter didn't do that. He followed Jesus afar off. He shouldn't have been following him at all. He should have been waiting and watching like Jesus told him to do. But he followed Jesus afar off. Jesus made a statement to him. He said, Peter, when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. That conversion there, not talking about his salvation. He was already saved. He was talking about when you 
learn your lesson. And can I tell you one man that learned his lesson was Peter. When you read those two letters, 1 Peter and 2 Peter, you're learning from a man who didn't listen to Christ and as a result went through a punishment that he deserved. He accepted it and learned from it and came back a better servant. And when you read 1 Peter and 2 Peter and you read his warnings, for example, he wrote, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. When we fail, we can learn from our failure and become a better servant for the Lord. And last of all, I love this. Then she that is mine enemy shall see it, and shame shall cover her which said unto me, Where is the Lord thy God? You laughed, you mocked, but don't laugh at me. I'm coming back. Don't, don't, don't laugh at me. I may, be, I may be knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. I'm coming back back the devil mocks right behavior the devil discourages our right behavior he mocks those that, that go to church on Sunday morning he mocks those that go to church on Sunday night he mocks those that go to church on Wednesday night he mocks our behavior and many of our culture today they make fun of those of us that go to church sometimes they'll See, going to church, going to Sunday school, you're getting all the children, trying to find the other shoe. You can always find one shoe. Get all the kids in the car and get them to Sunday school, get them to church. Come back home, take a nap on Sunday. I can tell those of you that had a nap on Sunday morning, your hair's messed up right there. When you come back on Sunday night, some of you it's hard. Some of you it's hard to tell. Anyway. And that crowd, they'll mock you and they'll say, well, there they go. There they go. Come back on Sunday night. There they go. They're going to miss a good football game. There they go. Going to miss a good ball game. Going to miss a good evening to cook out. There they go. They don't understand. Friend, when we come to church, we're being fed the spiritual meat and the, and the blessings of the Lord. Hey, friend, we're not wasting our time this morning. What a happy and joyful place and what an encouraging place this has been this morning. Oh, this is good. They don't know what they're missing. But they say, there they go. And then we come back on Monday night. wonder what they're doing at the church Monday night. They must have revival meeting. Tuesday night? Wednesday night? I want to tell you something. One of these days, the trumpet's going to sound. It's going to sound. They're going to be standing flat-footed looking up and saying, there they go. Don't mock. We're on the winning side. We, we, we may get knocked down a time or two, but I ain't staying down. Let's look at it again. I'm finished. Verse number 10. Then she that is mine enemy shall see it, and shame shall cover her which saith unto me, Where is the Lord thy God? Mine eyes shall behold her. Now shall she be trodden down as the mire of the streets. Don't laugh. I'm coming back. I love what Paul wrote to the Christians at Rome when he said in Romans 8, 37, Nay, and in all these things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Stand with me this morning. Perhaps you failed in your marriage, your home. Perhaps you failed in life. Perhaps you failed God this week. 
And you had thoughts of not even going to church today because you thought, why should I go to church? I'm just a failure. You're not a failure for falling. Just get back up and tell the devil, don't you laugh at me. I'm coming back. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here this morning, you don't know Christ as Savior. You ought to trust Christ as your Savior this morning. You've been saved, but you haven't followed the Lord in believer's baptism. You ought to follow him in believer's baptism this morning. You believe it's the will of God for you to become a member of our church today. You ought to make that decision. Perhaps you have had a failure in your life. I recommend to you that you find a place at this altar and you make the statement, don't laugh, I'm coming back. Lord, I accept the fact that I have sinned. I accept the punishment for my sin. But I want to be back in your will. Heavenly Father, bless I pray this morning the decisions that should be made, they would be made this morning. I pray that when we fall, we'll not stay down, we'll not quit. We'll get back at serving you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As he